this morning is uh, John chapter 11. If you would there, please. If you're listening online, Little Sandy Baptist Church, 3569 State Route 3307, Greenup, Kentucky. If you do not have a church home of your own, or you do but you never go there, I invite you to worship with us here at Little Sandy Baptist Church. The older you get, the less I'm going to couch uh, what I think you should do. According to the Bible, we should be gathering together. Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. It's part of what God has told us to do. Read our Bibles. Did you read your Bible every day this week? Well, good. Okay, now we're, we're keep going every day this week. Pray. I trust that you've done those things, and that's so important for you and I to grow. And I'm going to read just, but I think one verse fifty. Uh, we find that Caiaphas is going to say, and here's we get my key word for today, uh, John chapter eleven, verse fifty, uh, verse forty nine. And one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, John eleven forty nine, said unto them, Ye know nothing at all. Nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation not perish. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. I believe that man will rue those words for eternity. Let us pray. Lord, I pray that you bless your word. May it be the preeminent thing today. Lord, uh, as Andrew just saying, I am nothing. You are everything. Lord, forgive me of sin, into me myself. I truly pray that you'd fill me with your spirit today. May I say nothing amiss? I pray, Lord, for uh, Andrew and Mrs. Porter. I thank the teachers this morning. Watch over them downstairs. Thank you for each one who chose to be here. Those who have many needs going on this week, tests, etc., doctor's appointments, those suffering with COVID, may you be with each of these. Spiritually speaking, Lord, that is by far the most important thing of our lives is we're right with you. Are, are, we're eventually going to be promoted to glory as Christians, and the most important thing is that we seek you. For to me to live is what? I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We should be looking at the face of Christ. And I follow Christ. That should be our mindset. May we do that this week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you want to give your, your notes a title there, it would be Exchange Expediency for Eternity. Exchange Expediency for Eternity. And I see, first of all, the problem is described in 45, 6, 7, and 8. Now, this raising of Lazarus we just saw perhaps the most monumental miracle Jesus did of the seven or eight recorded in the gospel of John uh, is the raising of Lazarus from the dead he did it with a with a purpose he delayed his his coming to Mary and Martha so that he was he was not late he was exactly as he decided to do so that people would see can you imagine what it have been like to stand outside Lazarus tomb and hear Lazarus come forth and here, all of a sudden, you, you see him wobbling out there. Wow! Wow, he should have been... Wow. And so it's an amazing thing. So there was the, the response of those in 45. We call those the receivers. The many of the Jews which came to Mary had seen the things, believed on him. They received the news with gladness of heart and trusted to Christ. Perhaps some of them were not genuine. We cannot tell from the scripture, but I believe many of them were probably likely genuine. This is the Messiah. How could you not be convinced because he's the miracle worker? I mean, even his enemies had, could not dissuade people. I mean, it was the truth. We've got to do something. Well, the truth is this, so we've got to change it somehow so they'll believe a lie. You would have think the Sanhedrin would have gone there and, and start, oh, we, you are the Messiah. We will change everything for you. It was just the opposite happened. We've got to get rid of this guy. Expediency means a means of attaining or convenient and practical, although possibly improper or immoral. Expediency. 
And so I thought I'd give a couple. I told my wife, I hope I don't uh, get fired today. Uh, but I, I, just, I just feel expediency is limiting the number of children your families could have so that a couple generations now you don't have enough children in China to replace. Expediency is when there is an unplanned pregnancy in China, 72% of those children never leave the womb alive. Oh, what about America? 61% of Americans unplanned as a, the world as a whole. So we're going to put America there. 61% of children born who unexpe- or conceived unexpectedly are never, ever born. Expediency. Oh, we must take this, and this is bipartisan, we must take this issue and make it a central point because we have, we have an election coming up and we must make it a central point and we're going to make this all about women's, women's reproductive freedom and health. And never hear the child in the womb who's being murdered. Expediency is we must have children the possibility, I call it child abuse, of changing their gender and having gender transforming surgery. They're the same gender they were when they went in, but they have parts of their bodies are removed or added and they will never be able to have children. What is the cost? Who tells them of the cost? The thousands of dollars every month for the medicine to continue on being something that God intended them not to be. That's expediency. So we must continue the cultural mindset. We must, and it's falling apart, by the way. The LGB is no longer on with the T in many regards. There's already hitting the, there's already, there's a confrontation now because the LGB does not want to be part of the T anymore. Expediency is when I get old and perhaps I'm so old and I cannot be a part of society anymore. Let's just take Pastor Tim out. You say, Pastor, do we not already kill our children before they even enter? It's interesting that every single one who's promoting abortion has already been born. Now, I, I know, I know it's, these are tough topics, but I'm telling you, we are expediency here in our own nation. It's expedience that we can give a certain group of our people in our own nation certain things to the exclusion of others if it promotes my agenda. We can do that. Again, it's, it's not just one, it's, but it's across the board. Expediency says all these things. Expediency for the Sadducees and the Pharisees on the Sanhedrin was let's get rid of Christ because we can't countermand him. His miracles are true and valid, so we can't do that, so let's do this. Expediency says let's not teach children that the Bible is true. Let's develop, let's use Charles, Charles Darwin's theory about things, how they happen, and let's start promoting that. That's expediency. Please don't let expediency be a part of our Christian walk. The receivers, they believed, the reporters in 46, that some of them went their ways into the Pharisees and told them what things had been done. So some commentators argue that these folks were trying to get on the good side of the Pharisees and to win them over. I'm telling you, though, but surely they knew the Pharisees' bitter hatred for Jesus. I think their intent was hostile. They were tattletailers, if you want to call it, that's what I would call it today. They were tattletailers. I believe they were unbelievers before the miracle, and I believe they're unbelievers after the miracle. You this morning could possibly be here without Christ, and you might be an unbeliever right now, and, and I trust you won't be. But you might go out of the building still an unbeliever. Don't do that. Christ died for us. 
Homer Kent said, this response of unbelief in the face of the clearest proof is confirmation of Jesus' teaching. For he said in Luke 16, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded the one rose from the dead. The chief cause of unbelief is not inadequate information, but a heart in rebellion against the authority of God and his word. That's why people don't believe today. The information abounds. You have Bibles all over our houses, or you could go to a bookstore and buy hundreds of Bibles if you really wanted to know about the Christ, what things Jesus had done. By the way, this confirms their hostility to Christ. Again, quoting, those who believed who would not doubt want to, st- those who believed would no doubt want to stay with Christ, whereas the skeptics would be desirous of letting the religious authorities know what was happening so that they could take the necessary action. If you want to, if you, honestly, you're going to be on Christ's side. If you're truly born again this morning, we're on the same side. I'm born again. I've been, and most, maybe all of us have, I'm not sure. But we want to, We want to promote what Christ believes, right? Not what the world says. We need to consider that they likely sought the Pharisees instead of the Sadducees because the Sadducees were the predominant group inside the 70 members, 71 members of the Sanhedrin. That's that's like the Supreme Court of the Jews, the Sanhedrin. There were 71 members. Most of them were Sadducees. There were some Pharisees. The Sadducees, however, would not have been uh, as near as accepting they were, they were from the leading families. They were the ex-high priests or chief priests, etc. And so they met up the most part. They would meet in a room inside the temple. So that's the reporters. The rejectors are in 47. Receivers, reporters, rejectors. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees in a council and said, What do we for this man doeth many miracles? Absolutely. Even his enemies. Yes, the miracles are plain. They don't say as plain as the nose on your face, as the beard on your face, which is not here, but for me, but perhaps for you. But that's the, how plain it is. They're alarmed by this most astonishing member. This is just on the heels of Lazarus being raised. And the fact that he was raised cannot be circumvented. It was done. The world, as the empty tomb was so well known by the time we get to Acts, it wouldn't have to mention it. Everybody knows the tomb's empty. Hello? That's just... It should be that way about Jesus being the Savior. The world say, hello, there's only one Savior. Let's go on from there. That point's settled. And it is settled, by the way. The old account is settled when when I trusted Christ. And the truth of the Savior was settled when he died on the cross. Matter of fact, before that, from the foundation of the world, Jesus was coming to be the Savior. What they could not do was deny the miracles. What do we do? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. Hmm. Well, we see the real problem now that he's going to, if they start following him, we'll lose our credibility in our stance, in our position, and the Romans will come and take, put us away and put him in charge, perhaps, and our place, our nation. See, they had sort of circumvented God. Oh, these are our people. <clears throat> these are our, it's, it's our place. It's our na- we are in charge. No, you weren't. They were to follow God, not their own, all these minutiae details of rules and everything. And if the Romans hear about this upstart possible Messiah, they came, may come in and, and overthrow them. And, and Pilate, my goodness, Pilate already proven himself that he may use with our strong arm uh, when resurrection, resurrection, when insurrection start, he may deal with them with a strong hand. So they're up against it. 
They're between a rock and a hard place. They're on the horns of a dilemma. And they move against Christ. The people love Jesus and they see the miracles. If they don't move against him, what about us? We're going to lose our power base. If we, 48, if we let him less alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away our place in our nation. And by the way, the word our is emphatic in the Greek language. They claim as theirs what belonged only to God. So the problem is described. They've got a problem. It would have been solved easily had they simply bowed and humbled themselves and received Jesus as the Messiah. Problem solved. But we don't want that answer. We don't want the truth we want to circumvent that, come up with a whole ideology that's absolutely ludicrous and doesn't even make sense with nature. We want to come up with that and promote that. If we say it long enough, enough people will believe it. That will change society. We're living that in America right now. If you teach it long enough, you preach it long enough, you put it in the media long enough, we'll start believing it and we'll change how you think. The words that you use. I used, I used a, a word, as I said... I said, I said uh, uh, to my grandson, I said, uh, the, my school was painted dark color. I said, I went to that kind of school. He said, Pastor, you can't say that. Or, Papa, you can't say you went to that kind of school anymore because that, that one, I didn't meant no, my, I, they painted my outside of my school black. So that's the color school I went to. And I, but Pat, and the brothers, I went, we, some of our, some of our favorite churches in Virginia, our, one of our very favorite was an all-black church, except for about me and Stephanie and the pastor and the two others. They were so supportive. We'd come there from Bible Truth Music. Pa- Stephanie, come in. And it was wonderful. I had a wonderful. Dr. Padgett was a great pastor. And uh, matter of fact, you may remember James Earls. From, you may remember James Earls, the preacher. Very, he was, I was the church he pastored in Chesapeake. Anyway, let's go. shall we go forward? We shall go forward. The prophecy then is delivered. They're on the horns of a dilemma. What can we do? My goodness. And so the prophecy, verse we see a speaker in 49. We've already read it. Caiaphas being the high priest. Now Caiaphas is appointed high priest in AD 18. Now remember, and you're thinking AD 30, Jesus is on the cross, AD 30. He dies for our sins. He's appointed by Valerius Gratus, the Roman prefect. He held the office to AD 36. Before him, from 6 to 15 AD, was Annas, his father-in-law. And so it's Annas. And now Caiaphas is, is the high priest all the way through the crucifixion of Christ and afterwards. Most of them, obviously, Caiaphas is a Sadducee. Most of them were Sadducees. Now, what did they say? Sadducees said this. There is no angel, spirit, or resurrection. The soul finishes with the body. Secondly, there is no fate or providence. All men enjoy the amplest freedom or action and absolute power to do good and evil. And thirdly, there is no need to, there is no need to follow tradition. Scripture, particularly the first five books of the Bible, must be strictly obeyed. So they did not believe in the resurrection or angels or spirits. So that's where the Sadducees were. So these went to the Pharisees, more reasonable people, and they called the council. And so they're having the council. And he says to them at the end of 49, you know nothing at all. How how unkind. You know nothing at all. A double negative for emphasis. In effect, he told the rulers they did not know what they're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. That's how we would say it today. And not quite that fast. You do not know what you are talking about. There, that's better. There we go. That's what he would have said here. Josephus said this regarding the Sadducees. The behavior of the Sadducees, one toward another, 
is in some degree wild. And their conduct with those who are of their own party is as barbarous as if they were strangers to them. He said that in the wars of the Jews. Now remember, though, Josephus was a Pharisee, so he may have let him have it. The speaker is, Caiaphas, the solution. 50. Nor consider that is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and the whole nation not perish. He was not concerned about the law and the rights and the wrongs of the situation. What's expedient? Expedient, Jesus goes and we stay. You want to put it in today's language? Out with Jesus and we stay in power. If Jesus stays in here and all the people start following him, we may be thrown out ourselves. We're just, we just going to throw Jesus to the wolves to save our bacon. That's what we're going to do. Either Jesus dies or Caiaphas uh, or the nation perishes, he says. What outward, this outward veneer of patriotism on the part of Caiaphas. I just, oh, just, you ever seen people in films where you just want, you just want to, mm, you can't wait till somebody just hauls off and pops them, just like, boom. I was watching, I was watching, uh, I don't know for what time it was, the, the five, Battle of Five Armies, the third of the Hobbit films last night, and there's this one guy in there, and he is so, he's such a wimp. And he runs around, and he, he just lies and covers himself, you know, just any way to weasel out of a situation. And, and uh, I'm waiting for him to get, oh, he's getting, he won't get his, later, I've not gotten that far yet again, but there we are. Cheat, we achieve the objectives they want to achieve. By the way, we're, we're going to save ourselves. Do you know in 70 AD that 1.1 million Jews were killed when Rome came in and 100,000 were taken prisoner? Oh, we're going to escape. We're going to kill Jesus and we're going to keep our going. Yes, just 40 years later, the entire city is massacred for the most part. Expedient. Now, here's the exchange, and that's the title Expediency for Eternity. Now, let me ask you, if you were Caiaphas, and he's been, he's been uh, smoldering in a Christless eternity for an almost 2,000 years now, do you think he'd want to go back? I think some will not. I think the most would. Pilate, don't you think Pilate would want to come back and have that day again? You know, I, I find no fault in him. By the way, I'm not even going to crucify him. I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave office rather than crucify Christ. Oh, but what does it take? What, I, but... But if it got him right with God, was it not worth it? We sometimes boo-hoo things come into people's lives. I'm telling you, God sends wake-up calls all the cross, all the time. Wake up, Christian, or even unbeliever, wake up. We're going to have this come, comes, and because that comes into your life, I was just talking with someone yesterday, perhaps your limb, your arm gets cut off as an unbeliever, but it causes you to hear the gospel and you get saved because of that. It's worth it to lose a limb for a short time to have eternity with the Savior. It is. And we forget that. What's the most important thing? Is serving the Lord while you what you do with the time you have. To serve Him. Now, I, know, I know there's a person in the same movie sequence that says those words. As the truth of God's word is this. What we do for God is what matters. What have you done for Jesus since you asked Him to be your Savior? I'm not asking if when you were living high, wide, and handsome as an unbeliever. I'm asking you, since you trusted him as your Savior and Lord and Master, are you serving him to the best of your ability? Are you really? Are you really? I got a couple amens on that. I wonder about myself. I wonder about myself.
Do I really? I think there's always things. I tell you honestly, I am never satisfied with what I've done for the Lord. I am never satisfied with. I should be doing more. I should have done this. Should have done that. The speaker, the solution, and then there's a sacrifice in fifty one. He spake of, of not of himself, but being the high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for the nation. And not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. The immediate context is the diaspora, the diaspora, those living outside Palestine, the Jews. That's the first immediate context, but I think I'm lumped in here with the rest of that. We find then together in one the children of God that are scattered abroad when the Jews and the Gentiles meet together in what we call the church. We are now a part of the church, whether you're Jewish, which is about 14, 15 million, and the Gentiles, which is almost 8 billion, we're the, but, but not the believers, but believers, Jewish believers, Gentile believers, we're one in the church. We haven't replaced the Jews, by the way. The Jews should have a great thing yet coming on. The church has not replaced the Jews. I'm not a preterist. I believe that Jews have a great thing yet to come. God spent too much of prophecy dealing with his people and the promised kingdom to not give it to them. Speaker, the solution, the sacrifice, the strategy, 53. And from that day forth, they took counsel together for to put him to death. His colleagues were impressed. They carried it all. He carried it out in a very fashionable way. His callous uh, uh, opportunities uh, was to their liking. Crucified Jesus, save us. We'll take it. Acting on this criminal counsel with Caiaphas, they didn't even, with no hearing even. Now they were granted the opportunity in many regards to adjudicate their own people, but the, the, the sacrificing of people or Capital punishment was not the Jews to do. Matter of fact, in one of the Jewish writings, it is stated that it was rare for the Sanhedrin to issue a death penalty. Quoting now, the Sanhedrin that puts to death one person in seven years is termed tyrannical. And and as Eleazar ben Azazariah says, one person in 70 years is tyrannical. So when you think about they said, we're going to put Jesus to death, that was highly, highly, highly unusual. But they were desperate. Desperate times call for desperate measures, do they not? Yes, they do. Kill a man in the movement. So that was the problem described, the prophecy is delivered. Caiaphas, by the way, it reminds us of Balaam. Balaam in the Old Testament, God allowed Balaam to give some good prophecies, although he was kind of a redneck. and He's like one of the most unusual characters. Was he really a prophet of God or was he? I think he wasn't. I mean, he did, God allowed him, but that's really, you can, I see people on both sides. Here, now we know Caiaphas is a bad person, but God allows him really to predict what's going to happen in the future. What a prophecy it was. And finally, the people are directed in closing the privacy in 54. Jesus, therefore, walked no more among, openly among the Jews, but went thence into a country nearby, or near to the wilderness, into a city called Ephraim. There continued with his disciples about possibly 16 miles northeast of Jerusalem, five miles east of Bethel. Jerusalem's here from, about over here, 16 miles, five east. We find this town most likely close to the wilderness, expansive look of the Jordan. How did he know? Perhaps in his omniscience he knew what was going to happen. Perhaps that he had some Perhaps he had some people who let him know. Jesus, I want you to know, they're bent on killing you right now. You better get out of Jerusalem for just a few months you know, until you're ready to come in. And By the way, God was, he was immortal until his time. He's immortal anyway, but he's, going to, he's, he's only going to be crucified when it's his time, when he's ready. 
D.A. Carson says, to those with eyes to see, he was making a theological statement no human court could force him to cross. Period. He went to the cross exactly the right day, the right time, everything, just as he predicted. The privacy and the Passover, 55. The Jews' Passover is not at hand, and many went out of the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. This is the third and final uh, Passover in John's Gospel. The Jews had to purify themselves in order to partake of the Passover. So they would go up to Jerusalem. Perhaps as many as a million would flood into Jerusalem, ceremonially clean, to take of the Passover, this is AD 30, and what an eventful Passover it was to be, for at this Passover, at just a time, the lambs are slain for the, the blood and put place, blood placed on the altar, etc. Christ was going to give his life for us. And he's going to die, and the veil's going to be written twain, and the sun's going to be dark, and the earth's going to quake, and the rocks are going to rent, and many, and it's going to be an amazing three hours. And he'll surrender his spirit that you and I might have life everlasting. We find then not only the Passover, and finally there's a pursuit. The people are directed, privacy, Passover, pursuit. They sought they, or then sought they for Jesus and spake among themselves as they stood in the temple. What think ye that, that he will not come to the feast? Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a commandment that if any man knew where he were, he should show it that they might take him. A lot of people show, I believe, intense interest in Jesus. Is he coming? Is he not coming? But there was not a commitment. Not a commitment. I might have interest in learning some things, but when I learn the commitment to doing those things, <laughs> I don't want to know. I would love to play the violin like a concert violinist, but man, the practicing. And so I, I've got my guitar out, and so I, I talked to Andrew. He's going to maybe help me start doing the, I'm going to get my guitar out. I've got a brand new guitar. It's hardly ever even been strummed. And so I'm going to, maybe he can get me some the basic chords. I know chord structure, but uh, maybe get those fingers on there and start that. And I'll probably, maybe, maybe through, through two lessons, and I'll probably give up on it again. But I hope not, because I, I love music and to have something portable to turn. Anyway, there we go. What thank you? What thank you? Will he come to the feast? See, there's, I'm looking for that, but will they commit to the Christ? No. And there's a lot of people who are happily go lucky to churches here across Greenup and Boyd counties and Sauda counties, etc. And they'll go to church, etc. And they'll be, but they have no commitment. I want to hear about Jesus and, and how he loves me and how I should walk good, but I really don't want to be a part of Christianity. I certainly don't want his control over my life. That's not what Christianity is about. Take up your cross. And follow me. They want it, I, I want the crown without the cross. It's not that way. It wasn't for Jesus. It's not for us. The decree of the Sanhedrin was common knowledge in 57. They all knew if, if you fight him, you've got to turn him in, turn him in, turn him in. Be, you know, be, look at your neighbors. If your neighbor's going somewhere and you don't know what, follow him out there. And if he's doing something wrong, get your app on your phone so you can type it in. Type it right in here and let us know where he is. And, and we'll go out there and we'll get him. That's the idea. Why? They want to take him. And you just imagine, we know what they want him for because just I'd read it up through chapter, the rest of the book. They want to kill him. That's what they want him for. Scripture forces a decision. The resurrection of Lazarus, like the rest of Christ's life and ministry, forced people. And there was 
Some responded in faith. As a matter of fact, the Bible says many responded in faith. Others were indifferent. Oh, wow, can I just see another miracle or two? Can I hear that? You know, I'm not quite, you're never going to be convinced. It's it's so many today. They're not terrible people, but they really just, they're just not really interested in that. I'm going my own way. We are beset with this in our own country. It's the idol of me, myself, and I. What I want and my feelings and what I need, and it's all about me. China said that. Two decades ago, and now they will not have enough children to support the millionaires to keep them going, the infrastructure in China. So now they said, oh, have as many children as you want. But although the mindset is already no more than one, you cannot increase your society with only one. It's like 2.1.4 to Per, you know, to, per, per, per woman to have the increase or to even maintain. You want to know why America grew? Because my my, my uh, father-in-law came from a family of 11. I think it was 11, 11 children. My dad was five. My mom was four. How many, how many, uh, nine, 10, 11. When's the last time you saw a family? Praise the Lord for big families. That's how we as America grew. And now we've got, well, we can, we can only afford, if you could, if you could only had children, you could afford them. You'd never have children let me just tell you that. Amen to that. God opens the womb. God closes the womb. Why, Pastor? You only had two. My wife could not have any more. Ian was, Ian was 10 pounds, 6 ounces, and never dropped into the, the, to be born, to the canal to be born. So he had to be born in C-section or she would die. So we could not have any more. But I remember for the longest time when we were first born, I, did not, I don't know if I even wanted to have children. And I remember when she told me that she was with child, but the first time I was like, really? I'm serious. Shame on me. You want to know, men, what your number one responsibility in your life as a Christian man is to love God, treat your wife right, and honor her, and raise your children to the best you can do for God's glory. That's it! If you, God gives you some other ministry, praise the Lord. But I tell you, you can be the richest man in the world. But if you can't honor your wife, you've missed it. I don't care how many trillions of dollars you have. If you have mistreated your wife or you have cheated on her or done something wrong that caused her to leave you because you have acted inappropriately, you have missed the most important thing. No matter if you own half the world. You see, it's so important. Expediency says, I want what I want. I want it right now. Eternity says, surrender and serve others. So that's your, that's your question this morning. Do you know Christ? If you know Christ, are you being obedient? Perhaps you need to be baptized. Perhaps you've never been baptized yet. Perhaps you have been saved and baptized by immersion. And you know what we believe here at Little Sandy? You want to become part of our church fellowship. Perhaps that is your need. Perhaps you've gotten out of fellowship with God as a Christian. And you need to come and pray. That's why we have an altar. We have so few people ever come to our altar. It's, it's not like it's, it's, it's jinxed or something up here. Oh, but what will, Pastor, what will they say if I come? I'm going to say, praise the Lord. Someone's sensitive and wants to do business with God. There's nothing wrong with just coming and praying. I'm not saying come every service. But if you never come for any reason, I wonder, is God speaking to our hearts? Perhaps it's the pastor. I'm willing to go if God wants me to go. I don't feel he's moving me, 
but I'm willing. I don't want to leave her house, but I'm willing. If that's what God wants me to do, I'm willing. And when, if you are not willing to do what God wants you to do, how can he bless you because he wants you to bless you? I'm a, it's expedient for us to lay aside ourselves and to honor him. For to me to live. Well, we know what we should say. But what does your life say? Let us pray. Lord, it is a message that uh, speaks to my heart. Lord, it is expedient for the Caiaphas and his cronies to execute the Lord of glory that they might maintain for just a few more years their power-hungry ideology. Lord, we live in a nation that is sacrificing the morals of our children, the lives of our children, in the womb, out of the womb, through various things, in the expediency of so-called moral revolution, which is all almost to a T apart, separated from and distinct from and contrary to the clear teaching of your word. And yet we want to be blessed by you. We as Christians, Lord, we, sometimes, we, we claim, we call, we beg for your blessing, and yet we won't be obedient. Speaking to me first, when you call us to be obedient, we need to do that. If you call us to do something, we need to be obedient. So Lord, help us today. If you have spoken, not this pastor, but if your Holy Spirit has spoken to our hearts for, for salvation or, or baptism or church membership, Lord, help us to respond and, and to do as you've called us to do. So Lord, speak to our hearts and ask all these things in Jesus' name. I pray, amen. Let's stand